So school's starting, and some of you uh, have already started. Some of you guys start real soon. Uh, some of you in less than 12 hours will be making your way to the campus. And some of you actually, if you go to LSU, you might need to leave straight from here tonight to go there to find a parking space because it's going to be a nightmare. Um, but there's something about this time of year that I think maybe even more so than, than you know, January 1st, New Year's resolution time, uh, it kind of has that vibe of, um, of having like a fresh start, you know? And you, and you kind of make your own like like resolutions around this time of year, and and not just for people who are in school. I think all of us, especially like in in America, we really probably operate more on an academic calendar than we do like a wall calendar, you know, uh, or lunar or whatever. However you would describe that, um, we kind of think more in like semester chunks and summer, you know, and that kind of stuff. And there's something about this time of year and football's about to start and everybody's getting back in school and, and you know, you go to Walmart and it's all school supplies and book sacks and whatever, or backpacks or book bags or whatever it is you call it, wherever you're from. Um, you know, everybody calls it something different and it's weird that nobody calls it when, what you call it. You ever, had, you ever noticed that? It's like people from the north that, you know, call stuff pop, you know, or whatever. We call everything a Coke, you know, it's just... Those weird things, but but it's just it's just that kind of that time of year where everything's kind of rolling, and um, so I think even without realizing it, like we kind of like have that vibe of like I'm gonna there gonna be some some new things for me now, you know. Um, maybe you know if you're a student, maybe you're like this is the year where uh, I, I do well in school, you know. Um, I remember being in college and being like I'm not gonna skip any classes this year. And that didn't last very long. Um, you know, I, it's funny because the, the start of school is supposed to, you know, is all fun or whatever. And I remember in high school, um, we would start the first day of school in our English classes was always about summer reading. You know, and they had like the books that you're supposed to read in the summer. And so in ninth grade, I'm all flipping out because I didn't read all the books. And I get there, and we take like four tests right on the first day of school in English. And I was so upset. And I was like, oh, I'm going to start off with like a like a 45% in English or whatever. And so um, anyway, so we take the test, and the teacher's like, all right. So all those points, those are all bonus. So you're all ahead of the game. All right. So the next year, of course, am I going to do the summer reading? No. I'm going to just get less bonus points, you know, that's fine. Did that 10th grade year, did that 11th grade year, going into 12th grade year, I was like, it's my senior year, there's no way I'm going to read books this summer. Uh, so we get in there, and of course, she passes out like three or four tests, and everybody's like, whatever. And I had somehow managed to squeak into the AP class. And so everybody else read the books, of course. And... Uh, so I saw my teacher, like, after the first day, and she was like, you know, you didn't do so well in the summer reading, uh, summer reading stuff. <laughs> How awkward. The whole night. Um... She's like, you know, you didn't do so well in the summer reading stuff. And I was like, yeah. You know, and in my mind, I'm like, less bonus, whatever. And uh, she's like, it's going to be hard to recover from a 36% start. I was like, oh, you mean 36 like bonus points? She's like, no, 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 no. 
awesome, you know. You know, my parents are like, how's the first day of school? I'm like, senior year, rock on. Uh, terrible way to start the school year. Um, kind of deflated all of my hopes and dreams of, you know, making good grades and whatever. But, but even like you take, go outside the academic setting, you know, you kind of are like, all right, well, um, maybe you, you, without even getting real formal and writing it down, you kind of set some goals for yourself. You're kind of like, I kind of hope, you know, this happens or, you know, maybe some relationship things or, or maybe like even, you know, with our families who are like, all right, you know, this, we're kind of starting the, the, the year fresh and we're going to kind of implement some of these things. We're going to try to do some of these things or whatever. Maybe it's some marriage stuff, you know, whatever. There's just kind of that, that fresh start vibe that's out there. And, um, I think it's important, first of all, that we don't buy into the, that myth that, um, that God is like, like there's, they're like these spiritual things, you know, and then there's like some social things, maybe some relational things and some, maybe some academic things and whatever. We kind of like separate our life out like this and, um, we're like, okay, God's interested in this stuff. And everything else over here is kind of in another category where he looks at that as being like less significant, you know. Um, that's really just not true. Um, God really, uh, he's all about like your walk with him and you growing, you know, and starting to look more like him. And, and he's all about that kind of stuff, yes. Um, but if you're a student, he's also about you doing well in school, you know. He's about you, like, making an effort. He's about you, uh, like, getting everything out of uh, that place of knowledge and all that kind of stuff. The reason why he has you there for whatever the rest of your life holds. He wants you to get everything out of that that, he can, that you can. He's interested in that, you know. Um, your marriages and stuff, growing together and, and all that kind of stuff, like, he's very much interested in that. Um, friendships and, you know, whatever, finances, all this, every, everything in life, everything is our spiritual life. It's not just this one little, like, corner. God's interested in, in the whole thing. And so when we look at our lives, we can't segment it up because God doesn't segment it up. He's all about the entire thing. And so if we're kind of in this place and this, this time of year, we're kind of like, all right, I kind of like to see the, some changes in some areas of my life. Um, that self-assessment and that self-leadership idea is extremely important for us, you know, to really take a, take a look at our lives and be like, man, like I need to, like this is a problem for me, you know. This is a problem area. This is, is something that I'm really afraid of. I need God to kind of unpack that for me and help me through it. And um, you know, there's all these things going on. It's important for us to do that, and it's important for us to take it seriously. But here's the thing. Um, we have to understand that, that here, here's God that's he's, um, formed us and shaped us, and he knows everything about us as individuals and just across the board, you know. And he's put us together in a very specific way for some of these changes to begin to happen. And the, and the, the things that we really want to see our lives become in all these different areas of life, he has a, a real formula, sort of, of, of how he wants that to happen. And so it's important that we kind of all, like, begin in the, on the same page about it as far as uh, how he looks at it. And so whatever area of life it is where you're like, man, I really need some, I need this to change. Um, starting off on the right foot 
and, and really coming at it from his perspective is going to is is the reason why you know if if we do this and we stay there um, in a couple of weeks when we've kind of messed up in those areas already we're not going to just throw in the towel you know because I think that's the problem is so many times we 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 get this resolve you know and it's like this is going to be different and this is my year you know and this is going to happen all this stuff's going to happen we but we go about it in the wrong way and when it doesn't turn out the way we want it in the timeline that we want it we're just kind of like oh forget about it you know. And it's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm not, not going to skip any classes this semester. And then you skip one. And what happens? You're like, well, forget it. I'm skipping all of them. And it's like, well, no, go back to the original reason why you wanted to do that. I mean, why would, that, why would you pitch it in? So if we're starting in, in the right place and we're starting uh, from his perspective, everything's going to be cool. Um, so Ephesians 3, verse 3. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know where it was wrong with me. Ephesians 3, verse 20. This kind of lays out uh, how all this stuff works for us. It says, Now to him, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, According to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Huge, huge two verses right there. You know, like that's just, wow. Let's start at the beginning of that. And let's uh, see how this applies to your life. Um, He is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Alright? Does anybody here, can anybody here dream big? You know? Anybody here have an imagination that, like, just goes crazy? I love that about little kids, that they can just play forever in this world that, like, really exists, you know? Everything we can hope or imagine, think about how that applies to the areas of your life where you're like, I really just want to see some change there, you know? Think about as amazing as, as your marriage can possibly be. And yet God's able to do immeasurably more than that. He can go way beyond like your best case scenario. In your job situation, as great as you can possibly imagine your job could be, He can trump that exponentially. Your academic experiences, your friendships... Your relationship with Him, uh, your how much you are refined and and look like Him walking around your daily life. All the things as amazing as you can possibly, wherever you set the bar, He just blows it out of the water. Immeasurably more than we can even just begin to wrap our minds around. So the kind of the first question that I have to ask myself is: So why do I aim so low? You know, why do I settle for? Like such little things. I think a lot of times for me, it's because I like to I like to talk real big because I'm a pastor. Like I, you know, we have this big, giant, huge God or whatever. But when it comes down to like me, like by myself, just really just being completely honest, a lot of times I think I have like a very like small God when it comes down to um, how I pray and how I approach Him, and that you know. 
the things I ask for and the, the amount of faith I'm willing to step out into and all that kind of stuff. And so for your life, whatever it is, the things you want to change, and we're talking about a God who's able to just completely just surpass our hopes and our dreams in all those different areas where we want to see change. That's amazing. And so that's, you know, kind of the starting point is acknowledging, like, we're, we're talking about a God who's able. He's able. And in our church covenant, at the, at the very end of our covenant, you know, we have all this stuff, and we kind of been, uh, come in teaching through it for a couple of weeks, and um, it's got all this stuff and all this, like, stuff that almost seems impossible, you know, like it's good and it's all this stuff about how we're going to treat each other and how we're going to live together and our commitments to God and all this kind of stuff. At the very end, taken from this passage of Scripture, it kind of isolates three things. It says all this will be done by Him, through Him, and for Him. If all that stuff in our covenant is going to happen, it's only because it's been done by Him and through Him and for Him. And the life change that you want to see in the areas of your life where you're just like, man, this is, this, this is what I want to see. This is the life that I want. It happens in that, those same ways. It happens by him. It happens through him. And it happens for him. He can do immeasurably more than anything we can hope or imagine. So let's look at those three things really quickly. Look back at verse 20. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine... According to his power. According to his power. Now that's, that's the by him part of it. That w the changes you want to see in your life, he is the source for that change. He's where it all comes from. It's not one of those dig down deep kind of things for us and find that inner balance and all that kind of stuff. That he is the source. And all flows from him. Turn back to Ephesians 1. Just kind of keep your finger there. Or really it's just one page. So do what you want. Verse 18. It says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, look at this, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given. Not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. In verse 19, which says, The power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Here's, here's the thing. 
There, there's, no, there's nothing on earth that is more final than death. Nothing. It's the most irreversible situation that there is. And I know there are all, you know, there's stories where someone will flatline, all that kind of stuff, and doctors revive them. Okay, I, I'm on board with that. I like those stories. I like that. But when someone is dead, when you get that phone call, you know, or that email, or you hear through the grapevine, I mean, like, that is as final as it gets, right? And we're talking about the kind of power that reversed the most irreversible thing that we have can experience. We're talking about power who, the, the, the kind of power that when he was creating the earth, he didn't, like, have to work on it for a while. He didn't have to build, like, a model of what he was thinking about and have some, some sketches and stuff. He just spoke it and was like, Grand Canyon. Just said it. Isn't that crazy? Swiss Alps. There they are. Anybody here watch Planet Earth? Yeah, God did all that. Just for kicks. No telling how many things go on on this planet that he's just completely just amused by, that he just loves, that we will never see. Cameras can't get to it. You know, There'll never be a Planet Earth that covers everything that God has done. Just by speaking... And that power that, that was demonstrated in creation and all throughout the Bible, I mean, you read the entire, like, read the, the, if you think about the entire story of the Bible, I mean, we're talking about creating a nation out of, out of this really, really, really old man and his wife who were never going to have kids, and he promised them kids, and they got pregnant, and all of a sudden, like, you know, he said, You're in, your uh, descendants will be like the sand on the seashore and like the stars in the sky, and it's just like, what? And he did it. They became slaves, and he rescued them out of that and made them in this great, powerful nation. And the sin problem was there, and so he came to the earth and sent his son. And he was the Messiah, and he died on the cross. And then put his spirit in, in this, this handful of nobodies. And all of a sudden, the church was born, and that church has survived hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years through the worst persecution imaginable. I mean, like, he's just done incredible things. And then we start looking around the room, and, and you, can, you know stories about God's power healing people, about God's power restoring marriages, about God's power bringing someone out of uh, addictions, and just all this kind of stuff. The worst situations imaginable where there's just no hope, and there's just no way this is ever going to work itself out, and God just all of a sudden just does it. It's power. He is the source. So why in the world would we sit back and, and watch planet Earth and think about that creation and think about Jesus being raised from the dead and all these things that he's done and all these miracles that are all around us? Why would we sit there and be like, yeah, but there's just no way that he can help me to get over my struggle with lust? You know? There's no way that he's going to be able to help me with the fact that I'm just the most insecure person you've ever seen. You know? There's no way that he's going to make our, our marriage what, like what it really needs to be. There's no way that he's going to restore these friendships and all this. There's no, why would we think that? Why would, we, why would we put limits on someone who is able to do immeasurably more than we can hope or imagine? It's so stupid when you think about it. But I, I'm the, like the lead dog in that pack, you know? And so that's the kind of God, that, that's the kind of power source that we are drawing from. That's huge. So the changes we want to see, first of all, are done by him. 
He is, is the source. The second thing, when we look, go back to chapter 3, is according to his power that is at work within us. Oh, wait. <laughs> power at work within us. That power, that amazing creation power, raised Jesus from the dead power, free from addictions power, at work within us. That's where that second part comes in. It's by him, but it's also through him. That he is at work within our, our lives. That's the beauty of living on this side of the cross, is that uh, in the Old Testament it was God, it was God with us. You know, God was He was always with Abraham and with uh, Moses and with the children of Israel, and He was with them and did all stuff for them. It was all external. Here we are on this side, and it's that power at work in us. It changes in the New Testament. It's not God with us. It, well, it's God with us, and it's God in us. Flip over, uh, stay there in Ephesians three, but kind of flip over to Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. Paul's talking about being the, the servant of the church. He says, I've become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles. The glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that power that was outside of us is now inside of us. As a kid, real confused when I went to church and the preacher would end every, every message with, if you want to ask Jesus into your heart, come down during this time. Confuse me. Makes no sense to me. I know how, I, you know, I'm, I'm eight. Jesus is 33, in theory. Um, or like 33 million, you know. Uh, depending on how you want to look at it. He's definitely bigger than me. Cannot fit inside of me. Makes no sense. But isn't that a very accurate way of looking at it? You know? Christ in me. The hope of glory. See, it's the Christ at work within me um, where that power source and all that, that power that's available, him at work in me is, 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 is the means, you know? He's not only the source, but he's also the means. And it's, it's weird because, like, there's, there's definitely a role that you and I play in uh, these things being worked out. And the changes that we want to see, um, it's not like we just sit back and do absolutely nothing. But it's also not that we just uh, try to do everything ourselves. There's this, somehow this mixture of Christ in us and then us kind of doing some stuff. And it's like the things that we do when infused with his power, that's us plugging into that, that power source. It's that creation power that's being worked out. And so when, when you sit down and you're like, you know what, um, this struggle is a problem and I, 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 need to, like, I need God to help me with it, 
the self-discipline that you begin to, you know, to, to install into your life, when it's empowered and that, by Jesus and that power is at work within us, that's when we start to see the, the change. A lot of times we go out and we're completely powerless because we're trying to do stuff on our own. We've swung too far to that extreme where we're like, all right, that's it. I'm a man and I can, I can do this and blah, whatever. And God's like, no, 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 that's not, that's not what it is. It's not sit back and do nothing, and it's not you get in there and do it all. It's somewhere in the middle where there's this mixture of our abilities and that supernatural power. And that's what it means in Ephesians 3 when it says that, that power at work within us. That change happens by him, but it happens through him also. That's a lot of times where we, where we mess up. That's why we go a week, two, three weeks, maybe a couple months, and all of a sudden we just fizzle out and die because we just give up because we've been operating without power. And Jesus talks about the vine and the branches and how when they're separate, nothing can happen. But when they're together, like anything can happen. And it's because a branch needs the life source of the trunk flowing into it at all times. And you've probably all seen it. You cut some branches off around your house or whatever, and you pile them up outside, and at first they're all green, and then 12 hours later, they're kind of looking a little, a little weak. And 12 hours later, man, like you, they're struggling. Because they've been cut off from that life source, the water, the vitamins, all the stuff that they need. So the change that you want to see in your life, yeah, it happens by Him, but it also happens through Him. And it doesn't mean you just sit back and do nothing. Uh, it's that, that inner working of His power. But we can't just stop right there. Because here comes maybe the, maybe the most difficult part of it. And I'll, I'll, say, I'll tell you why in a second. Back in Ephesians 3. According to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. See, those changes happen by him and they happen through him. But the bottom line is they happen for him. They happen so that he can be glorified, you know. So that he gets the credit. So that he's the one that, that looks good. And so that that glory is passed on to your kids and then to their kids, you know. I'm so grateful that that my grandparents were all believers and they passed on to my parents stories about God's faithfulness in their lives and they passed them on to us too so I can tell you stories about all my grandparents and, and their faith and their struggles and, and difficult times and I don't look at them and say man I had the most awesome grandparents ever that's not why God did that God did that so I can say man I have the most awesome God ever See, what, what greater glory, you know, than, than, a, than a radically changed life? What better tells the story of God in relationship to man than when you have this addiction or this struggle or this um, job situation or this marriage situation or these friendships, relationships, whatever. You got this situation and there's just no fixing it by any, like, any of our man-based standards. And God comes in and he's like, oh, yeah? And just does it. And he's like, I created the world by speaking. 
I raised Jesus from the dead. There you go. Watch me restore your marriage. You know, watch me help you through your addiction. Why? As a great big reflection of his goodness and his grace and his power to people who don't know him. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of your life and my life. It's for his glory. It's why we were created. For his pleasure and his pleasure alone. And that might irritate some people and be like, what a self-centered God. No, 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 whatever. Look, he's the Lord. <laughs> you know? He created me and he made a way back to me. And I don't care why he did it. That does not bother me at all. And if it's for his glory, good. Hope he gets it. I want to do everything I can to give it to him. You know? Because he cared enough for me and enough for you to not only make that power source available, but to give us the means through Christ for all this stuff to happen. And if the credit goes back to him, good, because there's nothing I could have done for it in the first place. I always hated it in school when people do a group project, somebody didn't do anything, takes the credit. I hated that. And so here's the thing. Here we are, and we have these, these things in our lives we want to see change, and truly what we want, and that, that's absolutely just like, it, you know, if, if we had magic beans, that would be the things we would wish for, you know. Um, when we talk about those things happening by him and through him and for him, our spirit loves that. Our spirit just rests in that and is like, yes, that gives me hope. That's why I mean Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is where all of my hope and, and it comes from, and I just want to rest in that, and I find peace. That's, I, I love that. And the flesh side of us is like, no, I do not want it to, to be that way. Because I'm the source. I'm the means. I am the, the reason why it needs to happen. By me, through me, for me. And we talk a lot of times how it's like there's a there's that that circle and then there's the spiritual the spirit filled circle and, and they kind of just overlap and we're kind of in the middle. And God has us there for a reason. And sometimes all the, the things that we want to see like change and stuff, God's going to make it happen. You know what? Sometimes He's not. Sometimes He's just He's not. You know. I watched my grandfather um, pray and pray and pray that his cancer would go away, and it didn't, and he died. Sometimes we don't necessarily get what we want, you know? But it's that last part. It's about God's glory. And realizing that, you know what, sometimes he's more glorified in our suffering than he is in our victories. And if my life is all about him being glorified and whatever that takes, then you know what? He has a way of making all the other stuff okay. Because my grandpa, as much as, much as he struggled, as much as he was hurting, he prayed with every nurse that came in. No nurse would touch him without him praying with him. He read scriptures every day. He sang songs to the best of his ability. He praised the Lord right up until the moment that he died. 
And I saw God glorified in his suffering more than I did in his health. And so did everybody that was around him. Because it's all about being for him. By him, yes. Through him, yes. For him, the biggest, biggest thing that we can realize. And so what we have to do, and we're stuck between that, that spirit circle and that flesh circle, and we're kind of like, which one's going to win? Uh, yeah, it's no contest, you know? And here in this place, it's easy, it's easy to say, yes, that's what I want, that's what I want. It's not, not really as easy sometimes outside of here. And so I don't know where, like, where this stuff like, creeps into your life. You know, when we start talking about areas to be refined, I'm not sure where your mind immediately goes, but I know this, it's not an accident that your mind immediately goes there. You know? And God points those things out to us, and he's like, look, I want to show off in this area. Maybe that's by giving you exactly what you ask for. Maybe it's for not giving you what you ask for, but making you okay with it. Regardless, he's like, look, here's something where I, I just want to show off. I want to show my power. I want to be at work within you, and I want the glory for it. And we just have to say, yes, let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's pray that tonight.